I'm Alex Shaw. Welcome to School of Everything Else. Resident Evil Nemesis. I'm with the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service, UBCS for short. This city is completely cut off, isolated. We need help. My men cannot do this alone. The town's crawling with those freaks. No chance of fighting our way out of the city. Why is she here? She's unreliable. It's me he's after. I'll buy you some time. Hey, wait! Wait, Joe! Our team of stars is back to discuss the third Resident Evil title and its remake. This follows on from our 2016 show on Resident Evil 1 and our recent show on Resident Evil 2. Back again are James Midgemeister Perkins of Starburst magazine. Hello. And longtime friend of the show who was on both of the episodes mentioned above, Derek Ritchie. Hello there. This really was the third game released in the series originally back in 1999. It is murky and indistinct looking back on the franchise from this far ahead and the PS1 era with its Survivor gun con games and the Dreamcast's Veronica launching just a year after this one. But this effectively completed a trilogy that then carried right on into an ongoing series that is currently awaiting its eighth numbered title and a remake of the phenomenally popular fourth not to mention spin-offs like Gaiden, Dead Aim, The Outbreaks, The Chronicles, The Mercenaries, The Revelations, Operation Raccoon City and Umbrella Corps. RE3 was the eventual result of various cancelled or moved projects which followed on from RE2. One discarded idea took place on a luxury cruise liner where you were going to play Hunk uh, trying to recover the G-Virus. Another was basically this game, but not yet starring Jill Valentine. It was constructed at a transitional period in video game history when the Sega Dreamcast was emerging onto the market and nobody knew if it was going to be able to stand up to the oncoming PlayStation 2. It wasn't. Or this project that Microsoft were entering into called the Xbox. Nemesis was effectively a spin-off which called for an inexpensive repurposing of an existing engine rather than the groundbreaking new game design for a more powerful platform that would eventually come with RE4 during the early 2000s when Capcom pushed ahead with multiple GameCube-timed exclusives. As such, this is basically Resident Evil 2 with less of a focus on backtracking around a vast interconnected labyrinth of the Spencer Mansion or the police station. Jill Valentine was chosen at the time because Claire and Chris Redfield were bound for the expensive new Code Veronica. Leon Kennedy would of course end up in RE4 with Ada Wong. And after expanding from one to two discs, the third game dropped the multiple interconnected scenarios and just delivered one adventure with a section to play as a newcomer mercenary, Carlos Oliveira. RE3 upped the amount of zombies that could appear on screen at any one time. It introduced the quick turn and the dodge mechanic, the crafting of ammo, and of course the concept of Mr. X from the scenario B of the original RE2 was expanded into the relentlessly stalking, baleful, Terminator-like presence of the Nemesis. 
Appropriately, its 2020 remake repurposed the engine from the Resident Evil 2 remake, itself stemming from that of Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. It was developed parallel to RE2 over three years and takes more of an action game approach to the horror. I'm going to provisionally compare it with Dead Space 2 and 3. I've heard people compare the pair to Alien and Aliens, but if anything, the lion's share of emotional connection from Cameron's film is to be found for me between Claire and Sherry and Leon and Ada in RE2. So I don't know what RE3 is in cinematic terms. I suppose we might hit upon a comparison that feels more on point as we go. Uh, But my first question for the uh, group is, I have been... Actually, it's it's more just a personal account, and then just like, what did you think of this bit? I had been purposefully avoiding footage and reviews. So when this game began in first person, like Resident Evil 7, it inadvertently gave me its biggest scare. I was like, oh shit, no, no, I thought it was third person. <laughs> you could just imagine the, the nemesis just barreling towards you in first person. Yeah. I think everyone would collectively shit their pants. Um, but yeah, I, I played the demo before, right. before the full game came out. So I, I got a, a section of the game which was in the full release was 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 different so uh, i just wanted to uh experience uh that world and get used to the dodge mechanic before playing the game so i was pleasantly surprised myself when the game started off in 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 first person i was very mm. curious as to how long it would last or had they thrown a complete curveball i wasn't quite sure where where they were going and it, it was it was a nice pleasant surprise was it code veronica x that had or was it the original code veronica that had a unlockable first person mode that was I don't know, it was, it was like Mercenaries, but in first person. It wasn't the whole game in first person, but it was like a, 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 a mini game or something like that. Was that, did, did that ring any bells? I think that was Code Runner Correct. I'm not 100% sure on that myself. It probably, it probably was. I, I mean, it isn't, it isn't jumping out at me, but it does sound like the sort of thing that a company would like to do to give you a reason to rebuy the game yeah. to be honest absolutely yeah see when i uh finished the first person section i was like oh, okay thank god it's this third person i then got a weird kind of i wonder if it'll be like an unlockable mode at the end and then <laughs> it turned out to not at all be and it, it feels like a bit of a missed opportunity but i do wonder what would be sacrificed if it was that in head mode well, it, that's something that maybe, you know, if a lot of people call out for it, that they could do. I mean, I know for a fact that a large portion of the Resident Evil uh, community have, uh, across both the Resident Evil 2 remake and the RE3 remake, mm. have developed a load of mods for the PC version. Mm-hmm. So we've seen uh, Mr. X turned into all manner of creatures and monsters, you know, from Pennywise to even Thomas the Tank Engine oh, in the yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake. And we've seen um, Beach Body Ready Nemesis uh, <laughs> already for, 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 for Resident Evil 3. So that there's there's always the chance that somebody's probably right now developing mm. a mod that would allow you to play the entire game in first person. Yeah, because Resident Evil Seven, as I recall, was very creepy. It was, however, very impersonal. And the uh, RE's one, two, and three, you're very much on board with, and and uh, Code Veronica and four, uh, and I suppose five. Um, you're very much like with these kind of like you know basic stock characters that you know aren't especially deep but you feel kind of connected like you don't want them to get hurt 
and killed. But the in-head view in RE7, I can't remember the name of the character I played. Or oh, anything about him, apart from the fact that he had a girlfriend who was a bit of a wrong Yeah, I, I do <laughs> I do wonder if, if RE7 is your first experience of a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Versus, because let's be honest, we, we all bring a degree of emotional slash cheesy baggage mm-hmm. to this game. Cheesy in baggage. In terms of the characters and what we know and the various potted history yeah. that Resident Evil is. Whereas I I don't know if I would feel a bit different if I played RE7 first and maybe thought, I am playing this role as opposed to I am playing through a cipher. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. It reminded me more of Bioshock than uh, the other Resident Evils now that I think about it. Mm. Yeah. It it's 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 always uh, the case with uh with with large long running franchises like Resident Evil or even even the likes of Final Fantasy where yeah. obviously across the the multitude of games you're going to have so many different generations of people coming in at different points and it's always so i think really intriguing and interesting to 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 hear their stories of their first experience mm. i mean obviously for for us it's we're right there from from day one with Resident Evil, but like you said, Derek, the 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 fact that there there's such a large portion of people whose first experience would be Resident Evil Seven. Mm. So going going from that to this, it'd be interesting to see how they found that connection with the characters mm. as opposed to to our viewpoint. We had at least one person on our Discord going all the way back who had, they had never played the original Resident Evil, so they fired up the HD remaster, and they got kind of lost at the beginning, and they were like, is this knife good for anything? <laughs> we were like, no, don't use the knife at all. Oh, no, you picked Chris? <laughs> and uh, like, they, But they did get into it in the end. They were like, oh, this is really tense. Like, yeah, it's a great game. It's beautifully designed. And uh, even, like, I love the fact that the remaster exists because it does smooth over a lot of the cracks in the GameCube version, which itself made playable an original version which is really janky and hard to, to pick up now. Yes. So that, that, that's a justification for a, for a remake um, culture right there. Mm-hmm. Now, RE3 notoriously has a renewed focus on action relative to the first two. Uh, how did that translate into a different experience for the remake for you guys? So, I personally don't think it... I don't think I actually think it changed. I think the spirit of Resident Evil 3 being a game which is all about kinetic energy, all about pushing you forward. Hmm. It's not a game that is worried about you sitting back and conserving your ammo. It's a game that says, here's a set of tools, most of which are guns, (laughs) go forth and conquer. We're not going to make it necessarily easy, but the zombies or the mutations they're not meant, they're kind of more fodder as opposed to something you need to concern yourself in terms of, do I have enough to get through this? And I don't think they changed that in this remake. They very much, I felt they kept to the spirit of that quite closely. Hmm. I I think absolutely that, that they were very faithful to 
uh, to the original in terms of capturing that that action driven uh, fast paced nature um and a lot of people who you know we, we we've seen this in various reviews that a lot of people that's the issue that they had with the remake was that it wasn't the re2 remake but for those of us in the know which is us and a lot of other people out there (laughs) you fools (laughs) you know nothing um that that's the whole point you know it it's not the the claustrophobic uh corridors of the police department it is out there in the world the the original showed that this city is alive or you know reanimated uh but there's there's, there's so much more to to enjoy and discover and that's one of the one of the standout points for me with the remake was yes it was relentless and and very linear in in that regard to to the re2 remake but that's exactly what the original was it was this large city it gave the players chance to to explore whilst also being pointed in the right direction and i think that the remake absolutely uh nailed that whilst also adding a few new elements changing a couple of things uh but i think it worked out perfectly as to capture that essence of the original for sure you played it uh, like six or seven times didn't you all the way through uh that is correct yes i've played it six times Jesus. i have the Platinum trophy and i did that all uh by the day after it released i rinsed this game and i loved it <laughs> and, uh... Uh, Derek, how many times did you go? Through? Um, I I just I just played it. I just, I've just gone through it through it the once. I'm. Me it's too. quite interesting. Just the once. Just a couple of things that James has said that I'm I'm not 100 percent on board with, but we'll come to that as we kind of go through the game. Yeah, there is I, a question pertinent to that coming up. I I was just going to say as well. I, I don't know if you're going to include include this right now or if we talk about it later. Mm-hmm. But but the the, the harder difficulties do actually change uh the gameplay quite a bit okay uh, i do have a question on- about uh yeah. oh and actually no if, in fact that's my next question back when mm-hmm. we covered you can like fold that in here back when we covered re2 i had a whole section on why i preferred playing the game on assisted this time around it may have been a bit of a mistake i started with assisted by the end of the game i was i had so much ammo it was embarrassing <laughs> and i had it's not that i hadn't died i died a lot but i didn't feel fear and because of its new action bent it was more just i felt closer to sort of i I never played dead space 3 but it feels like that was the difference between that Mm -hmm. and dead space 1 uh the the sort of like now you're a soldier as opposed to a survivalist Mm. and i i think that you mentioning that you played through RE2 on assisted, mm. um, you, you know that that didn't negate uh, the experience. No, I not think, for two, personally. but for but for three, um, I felt like it, I was detracting somewhat, and 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 should have actually just played on normal this time. Absolutely, and uh, obviously you start off and you can only play on. Uh, I believe it's normal or hard, mm. uh, but those assisted normal and hard, those three difficulties are very much the same apart from obviously the, the assisted aim uh, with the headshots mm. and the, having the assault rifle. Well, I didn't but, want to like, cause in the, in RE2, when you waste ammo, that can be really problematic in RE3, yes. they give you a lot more ammo. True. So it feels like you can make, like you don't necessarily need to be assisted so much. And and the, the beauty of that is the fact that obviously in RE2 you're playing as you know a rookie cop or a civilian. Mm. So those um, having that slight edge uh, does play into the fact 
that uh, you know you are somebody with limited training. Whereas obviously in RE three, you're playing as Jill Valentine's. So she's uh, Rambo. Yeah, Jill Valentine <laughs> is Rambo. So you know she's she's an experienced cop, and she's got all these skills and the dodge mechanic and everything. Mm. But where RE three? Oh, bless really that dodge com- mechanic, by the way. That got me out of some sticky situations. Yeah. And it's great as well because the dodge mechanic is is perfect really because it's not overpowered Mm. you can dodge at the wrong point and that can cost you but when you Mm. dodge perfectly it's so satisfying now the flip side of that before you go on is that the knife while now infinite uh am i wrong in thinking you can't just like if if a zombie starts biting you you can't just slam him in the face with the with the knife it that's correct that part of RE2 in terms of mm. the get-out clause yeah. doesn't exist in RE3. However, the Literally usual tactic clause. of... Yeah, the usual tactic of a zombie's falling down, I'm just going to go up with my knife and kind of just stab it a few yeah. times to make sure it doesn't get up. Yeah. Still works quite well. True. It's essentially, that's, a, that's mm. a double tap. You know, we learned that from Zombieland. Yeah. Uh, but we... I felt really annoyed every time I got bitten by a zombie. I was like, oh, for God's sake. And, like, I kept getting bitten by multiple zombies and couldn't shake them off with, like, just stab it with a knife, get rid of it. Uh, so, so I felt like it had been a step back for Jill. And, and I hadn't... It was about halfway through the game and I realised that, that you're not supposed to ever be bitten by a zombie. Uh, and you're not supposed... Like, in, in RE2, you're pretty much supposed to account for it by having that knife there and, and being careful with it and managing your breakable knives. But in RE3, it's all really like you've got to dodge to avoid getting grabbed. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a, a double-edged sword. Mm. But I think for 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 me, for me personally, it was uh, it really played into the character of Jill. Mm-hmm. And going back to who just to stands those, there getting bitten, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 basic three difficulties: assisted, normal, and hard. Okay. they are they are your your core um get gameplay and i would definitely suggest playing on normal or hard if it's your first time through mm-hmm. but once you've played it through on hard and completed the game you unlock nightmare difficulty okay. what and then after, uh the placement of zombies mm. the amount of zombies and nemesis gets improved after nightmare you unlock inferno mode where on fire all the time <laughs> not quite but it definitely f- it feels like that because if you thought that in assisted normal and hard if you thought that nemesis was relentless you haven't seen anything yet when he appears in nightmare or especially in inferno he is on your ass in a second and turning around using the quick turn seeing him bolt towards you yeah. is genuinely shit uh, pants shitting pants shittingly scary <laughs> and that's somebody you know myself who's you know a, a veteran at horror games and horror media uh i i was terrified and i was so pleased so i would say for those who have finished it once and thought ah that's enough please please try your best to unlock nightmare or Inf- or inferno because i think those difficulties are the definitive re3 remake experience for okay. sure the the only thing I would say is it depends how much you enjoyed Nemesis getting in your way. Because mm. yeah, that, that's the sort of thing that if you get a kick out of it, it will improve your experience. If you found that he was just a pain, 
in terms of the way he could sometimes magically jump in front of you, then that could just be... Frust- because when you say that, my head goes, that's just going to frustrate me too much. Because the nemesis... There's good and bad parts of the nemesis in this game in my book. Um, I did have a big question about nemesis uh, coming up, but if you want to, because it makes more sense to talk about him naturally here, go mm-hmm. for it. Like, because uh, we have a direct comparison here with uh, Mister X, who was beefed up for RE2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how did he compare? And like, it sounds like he annoyed you, Derek. Well, so the, there's kind of there's three parts to it. Three parts to it. The nemesis in the original game, way back in the nineties or early two thousands, ninety nine. Yeah, that. So that nemesis, you always had a choice. You could fight him or you could run, mm. and it was about creating individual scenarios where the nemesis was was the big bad, but not a big bad that necessarily mystically appeared. In terms of he would appear and then he would chase you and then he would grab you. If you wanted to run, you always had an option to run. It would literally uh, allow you to select from a drop-down mm-hmm. box. It would be like mm-hmm. run or fight. Yeah. And if you fought and, him, you'd usually get some ammo back as a reward. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I kind of miss that in this game because this nemesis feels like a horror film nemesis. Mm. For the first half of the game, as soon as the first half finishes, he simply turns into a boss. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. And it's a change. It's not necessarily better or worse. It is a change. But it's one that just didn't really stick with me as much because I like the push and pull of, do I want to take him on? Do I want to run? Mm. What do I do here? What options do I have? Whereas in this game, you do not have an option. He will appear, you run until you get to the point that the game says you have to shoot them now because we're not giving you an option. And from that point on, every time he turns up, it's a quick time event followed by a boss fight. Yeah, and that I, I kind of was a bit disappointed that effectively what he became was a reason to have a boss fight as opposed to something that was like, oh, I have to make a decision here. Do I feel brave enough to take him on or do I run into the police station or run into the alleyway or something like that. I can feel I, James chewing his microphone desperate. Okay, <laughs> go for it, James, because clearly you had a whale of a time with him. Uh, well, yeah, I, I loved the first half of the game in terms of Nemesis. I totally agree with you. I think probably my biggest gripe with the game is that, you know, he does turn into just a boss at several points throughout the second half mm. of the game. The first half of the game for me is definitely the strongest in terms of... Uh, the gameplay and the exploration mm-hmm. because from from the get-go you when you first walk out into the streets of raccoon city the place feels alive it's gorgeous it looks beautiful on ps4 pro in 4k i think they've done a terrific job that side of things but once once you get to that point where the nemesis mutates um he loses that edge and that relentless nature of him mm. um where and that's what why i mentioned the nightmare and inferno difficulty where um it, it that does address some of the issues um but yet again you get to that point where he mutates and all is lost the choice mechanic is mm. is definitely uh, a, a big miss but i totally understand why they did it what we've also got to take into account is that it this is more of a reimagining than a than a straight mm. up remake and also 
gaming has changed a lot and i think that bringing that particular mechanic back in the same format or even slightly tweaked i think would would alienate or not sit pretty with 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 a lot of people and mm. i think they, they've had to naturally uh ch- change uh with the landscape of how action horror games and survival horror games have uh, have changed over the past mm. uh t- 21 years when he first still- came out as the massive like four-legged beastie charging around the place that went barreling around the buildings i was reminded of bloodborne yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can i can i mean i i can understand where you're coming from or what you mean because i think it's clear to me what they wanted to make was a thoroughbred action adventure hmm. with with the Resident Evil 3 clothes, but not necessarily the full Resident Evil 3 body underneath. So abso- absolutely, I, I, I fully take that on board. I think it was just a disappointment for myself because I thought yeah, absolutely. It, it lost a little bit of its, almost of its, its fear aspect, hmm. if, for want of a better word. You, uh, I dreaded him less. I think um, he became so obscenely big and unwieldy that it became a case of, uh, well, like the the final battle at the end was like the first time around. I got the the shit kicked out of me because I spent. I, I, you know, I said I had way too much ammo. Um, I ended up just chucking grenade after grenade after grenade after grenade after grenade into him, and then I thought after a while. He should surely be dead by now. No mm-hmm. one should be expected to have this much ammo, especially if you're playing on the hard settings. And then I realized that I was supposed to have picked up the friggin' rail gun. And then by the time I started that, I was so low on energy and healing items yeah. that um, the actual, like, pulling the thingies out of the wall uh, became, like, I-, I just got killed. It became, like, that is not the same kind of boss fight as the um you know the, the being chased around by the nemesis and and uh shot at and mm. and and him jumping in front of you the agility of him that you mentioned earlier sort of goes away as he becomes mm. more of a monstrosity and it's it's quite funny you mentioned the railgun i'm not sure if you picked up the documentation around oh, yeah. nest nest 2 it's actually called the finger uh-huh. So in the in the doc, in the doc, it actually says, you know, um, if any of the uh, give them the finger, uh, yeah, if any of the bioweapons <laughs> get out, like give them the finger, um, <laughs> which definitely you know adds to the whole uh, final line. Next time, take the fucking hint. Um, so that's uh, well, yeah, it was I, behind I, I like... me. There's this giant, ugly-looking thing right yeah. in front of me. Loads of stuff to the side, glowing you, thingies. You don't want to turn around because he's right behind you. Exactly. Why would you? So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was slow to cotton on there, and that kind of diminished this massive epic fight that it was supposed to be. But I mean, I think the it just impressed me how the balance of Resident Evil Two kept Mister X fucking terrifying. So you know, like his footsteps. Going clank, clank, clank. Like whenever you walked into a, um, a, a room in the upstairs section, which had kind of echoing wooden boards, you asked yourself, is that his footsteps or is that my footsteps? And you'd mm. pause. And if you then heard another footstep, you'd go, oh shit, it's his footsteps. <laughs> well, yeah, and especially in, our, in the RE2 remake, when you're on the third floor and you look down into the, into the lobby mm. and you see him walking around and he turns and looks, looks at you. Up and at then. You. 
yeah that that's genuinely terrifying yeah and i think th- i think this whole mr x versus nemesis debate as much as i i i myself prefer nemesis and i love the design mm. and i prefer re3 over re2 anyway but that's that's my personal opinion mm. it sort of goes back to the whole slow zombies versus fast zombies debate mm. you know is it more terrifying to have a slow tormenting figure after you or or something that is charging you down, you know, just something that's really slow. You look at the fil- a film like It Follows, like that genuine fear of of something mm. that can just come out of nowhere, but also just just have one aim, and that's to get you. It, it's a it's it's an interesting debate because you know some people prefer slow zombies, some people prefer fast ones, and find mm. them more terrifying. It's all down to personal preference. Mm. But I, th- I think that, like we said, the Nemesis is different to mr x um he is his own behemoth and in terms of capturing those essence of the original game they absolutely have in both of these remakes true however the uh, the issue i think we're facing here is not so much whether they did or didn't uh, manage to capture that essence of the original game so much as re3 was always for me like re2 will stay with me forever re3 was just like kind of a fun side adventure for me and that uh, i believe has been the the um uh, the, the bent of a lot of reviews that even though yeah. this is accurate to uh, re3 it yeah. also accurately brings across it's it's slightly more not disposable but side questy feel like um it feels more like i think people have compared it to dlc uh like um Something like a good DLC, like Burial at Sea, for example. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it feels uh, like less of a, an extensive game, and the fact that you could play Leon A, Leon B, Claire A, Claire B, um, make uh, and in this way it's just like Jill, and then Carlos when when you play it there. It, it that there's a noticeable uh, diminishment, and also because uh, did you ever play the Dino Crisis games? Yeah. Yeah. I played the, the first one, yeah. The first one is a slightly more frustrating experience, but it is replicating that RE2 sort of enclosed environment, a lot of puzzling, unlocking doors and things. Uh, Dino Crisis 2 is mu- like even more action-y than this. You just charge into the scene, raptors jump in, you shoot them, and then you run away quickly while getting pursued. It is much more of, a, of an on-foot yeah. running. And I, I feel like um, uh, both of those games are kind of uh, uh, less accomplished uh, versions of RE2 and RE3, but but go along this, the same lines of it. Um, but the the Nemesis was originally based on the T1000, or at least the uh, the scenario writer uh, described him as such. Where and by that rationality, you could point at Mister X and go, he's much more like the original T800 in the Terminator. That kind of slow, steady, stalking presence mm-hmm. that's gonna yeah. get you. But also the original Alien in, in Alien, and I can see where um, as soon as he turns into a giant beastie, the Nemesis actually seems to transmorphosize from the T-1000 into the Alien Queen. Um, yeah. And if only there had been a emotional connection in, in RE3, where in, like, if there was the Claire and Sherry story in this game and this nemesis thing was stopping Claire from getting to Sherry, I would have been totally like, get away from her, you bitch! I would have loved that. Yeah, I mean the Carlos and the and the Jill aspect of it is, yeah. I mean it is a very kind of one note. Oh look, he's bad. Hmm. Oh actually, he's good. <laughs> uh, 
but there's nothing there's and I will be fair to them I think they're certainly hamstrung not necessarily by the writing mm. of the previous game but by the situation that they had to kind of adhere to yeah they didn't yeah. really allow for a lot of the same sort of kind of bonding experience that you you probably would mark it down more for today mm. if it had been a completely new game, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, they they are definitely because they are because they are remaking or reimagining such a a classic and beloved game. They 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 can only change so much really without you know angering that that core fan base mm. or or losing that like we like we said. Uh, a lot of time previously we you know losing losing that charm and and uh character that the uh that the original possessed um but i, I do like um you know c- comparing it to the original some of the you know that we said that they took away the the multiple choice mm. but uh addressing that and having nice little throwbacks i mean i guess we can move into mm-hmm. to that or sure. yeah so for example when you go to the rpd with with carlos and tyrell mm. Uh, Tyrell's a much better character in this than the original as well. He's he's definitely got more of a character, and you do feel sorry for him mm. due, due to you know his uh, his ultimate ultimate demise. Um, but when you when you face Zombie Brad, um, and if you down him, you get his key card. That throws mm. back to that very first instance with the Nemesis in the original, where if you choose to fight him, you can go to Brad's corpse and pick up his key card, and that does assist you in the RPD. In this one, if you pick up the card, you can then. Unlock lock some of the lock boxes around um and get extra ammo and other equipment that will help you out mm. uh in, in the segment of the game so little things like that and and also not necessarily uh throwbacks to the original game but the fact that they really did take care and attention to link this one with the re2 remake mm-hmm. then the in the shower room there's that massive hole in the wall yeah During you noticed RE2 that last remake, year <laughs> yeah everyone thought that's got to be the nemesis surely mm. He's the one who's busted the hole. It's not. It's Carlos with the C4. Just nice little things like that. And we also see, you know, how Marvin got bit. And I, I just love how, you know, obviously it was the original three was this trilogy that led on to the rest of the series. Mm. And, and and now with these two remakes, they've really um, got their own um, their own uh, continuity locked in, which which I really appreciate whatever they decide to do going forward in terms of the Resident Evil timeline for whatever that is kind of worth at this stage mm. um, they do at least now have a pretty decently progressive through line from one to second remake to the third remake and then of course you've got all the kind of ancillary ones in between uh, as well as Code Veronica mm. uh, as well. So they've they've kind of managed to find a way to make you feel like you're in the same world mm. as last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, speaking of um, modernized games, uh, there was an unexpected moment while I was playing through this uh, that it came time for Carlos to find the vaccine to the G-Virus. And he was just about to give it to Jill. And this is after I'd spent ages running around the hospital and dealing with hunters. 
and uh, he was going to heal her like he did in 1999. And then Lyra shouted out that this was an immensely selfish act. The disease is spreading. Thousands were already affected. Carlos, in her eyes, had a moral obligation to sacrifice Jill and get the vaccine out of the city. And in declaring this, she stumbled on a parallel with The Last of Us. And I don't think that was ever intended, but it did make the Mm -hmm. whole final quarter of the game different for me. See, when you get back into playing Jill again, I wanted to find Carlos and slap the taste out of his mouth for wasting (laughs) the precious vaccine on me. That was made worse when that prick, Nikolai, stole the hard-won additional vaccine that I hunted down and fucking smashed it. So did this notion of morality ever play into your game, or was it just us? The first time I played The Last of Us, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I thought. I think that it, it definitely, you know, that did come across my mind when playing this. But I think the the fact that it happens, this particular moral quandary happens so often in 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 horror media... I think that, you know, I kind of just let it slide, really, because, <laughs> because, you know, like we said, The Last of Us and Resident Evil and, and you know, countless other things. I can't, I can't quite name them off, off the top of my head, but it's something we've seen countless times before. Like, why waste the vaccine on one person when you could give it and, you know, mass produce it or mm. or whatever? Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of like, eh, it's, it, it is what it is. It's it's it it was present in the you know in the original and it and it has been in various forms for years to come it's definitely a good philosophical talking point though when it comes sure, to this sure. sort of stuff i yeah. mean there's this usual thing of do you do you save one or do you save thousands mm. but the fact that they didn't even mention the like, the morality never came into it jill never even seemed bothered by the fact that she had basically swallowed this one thing that would uh, yeah. could potentially save millions and uh, the, the fact that it's not touched upon made this game feel like it was a retread rather than an advancement. That was, I think, that was the only th- the only part of it that that really stood out as whoa, you like this does not fit with modern games that are actually more thinky. Well, I mean, to be honest, the other bit that always confuses me is how come all these people that are not trained as scientists in any way, shape, or form mm-hmm. somehow can manage to mix together things to make a vaccine. <laughs> just a, like they always could it's a puzzle you gotta like That's raise and lower I, the colored fluids i know exactly just put, put <laughs> these two things in here press a button and magically you've got a vaccine Ba-ba. <laughs> hey if only, if only it was that easy in real life eh? yeah 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 but uh, did you miss the puzzles because there were fewer in this there was a lot less like you know when i was a young man i walked on four legs mm, what riddle am i asking <laughs> it's like there was less of that I, I didn't as much, but I think that's just because I... So I watched a playthrough of the third original game. I didn't play it, but I watched a playthrough of it before mm-hmm. this. Okay. And there's kind of two aspects. Again, the original didn't have that many puzzles, really. It definitely had more than this one does, but it didn't have as many as RE2. But I also think the pacing of this game doesn't lend itself that well yeah. to you stopping yeah. and going, why, what, how do I arrange these five paintings? <laughs> You <laughs> when you got pocket. the nemesis breathing down your neck yeah i just it would have felt slightly out of place i think yeah i i, I think the fact that they just had the uh the three colored jewels at the subway station mm-hmm. i think that that was just a sort of a nice nod mm-hmm. you know if you if you did it you got some extra equipment that yeah, was really handy uh I mean, yeah it was non-essential but it was it was a nice throwback to say look 
you know, there there are these weird things throughout the city, mm. um, you know, with 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 jewels and and logos on them. I mean, much like, much like when Carlos goes to the RPD and he looks at one of the doors and goes, "Well, that's a weird door." Mm. Um, and that's exactly what you know what we all think when we first play Resident Evil is why is there a door with a symbol on it? Like, why not just be a normal door? I have hidden uh, the key in the dog's the collar. <laughs> so those those jewels in the original game were there to let, to get you into City Hall. Yeah. So they effectively just kind of lifted it and shifted it mm. as a kind of little collectible yeah. in the remake. But uh, originally that was what let you, I believe, into City Hall, mm. um, which of course doesn't really exist in this game yeah. as, as more than just a placeholder. Yeah. No, in- instead we, were, we got to go and run up to our fucking wastes in shit again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Poop Town. <laughs> Population, you <laughs> and the living poop. <laughs> Wait, I have to ask you something. I know you want to ask me out. All the foxy ladies love my accent, it drives them crazy. I have to know why did Umbrella send you here? Because we're on a civilian rescue mission. Oh, you're full of it. They're the ones who caused all this in the first place. Look, we're just mercenaries, hired hands. Do you really think the master would tell his dogs why they have to retrieve the stick he just threw? Listen, if you want answers about Umbrella, you're asking the wrong guy. Believe it or not, we are here to rescue civilians. If you can trust me, join us. Think about it. Uh, which was your favourite area in the game, and did any of them like? Which was the best, and did any of them feel a bit lacking to you? Ooh, um, I think from from a purely visual standpoint and nostalgia pleasing standpoint, mm-hmm. it's the first part of the game where you are running around Raccoon City, mm-hmm. um, especially after leaving uh, Jill's apartment. And, you know, you, you, you come out that side alley, you meet Brad, mm. and then just that massive, great big cinema is looming over you and the lights are flickering and just just the, the engine as a whole is amazing. But yeah. it just lends itself so beautifully to bringing Wrecking City to life. It, it feels like before shit hit the fan that this was, you know, a hub of activity and there was mm. so much to do and so much to see. And uh, yeah, that that definitely was was my personal favorite part of the game was was seeing this city that I spent so many hours in as a kid yeah. playing the original game. That now to see it in in this way, it, it warmed my heart. It terrified me, but also <laughs> really really pleased me. And you know, I got I got a lot of the same sort of feelings with uh, with with another remake, which you know will talk about later down the line but but yeah it it, it uh, pleased me to no end as a as a massive massive fan of the original they didn't mention it as much that it was in set in 1998 but they also didn't contradict it all that much i didn't see any tech which really didn't feel appropriate to the period uh, yeah. or anything that didn't really fit with uh, the uh, the shinier aspects at the end of re2 it, it it um when just going back to the very start of the game in the apartment 
um you know every, everyone uh, who's played the original remembers the september 28th daylight the monsters have overtaken the city mm-hmm. that that line from the very start of the game and when she wakes up from that dream and you look at the calendar and it's got september 28th nice. so i was like that is great like they're, they're not being cheesy and and copying that line and copying and pasting it but it's just a nice nod to say look Here's the date for people who know they know, and that I I I love that I love that. Interesting. If you go back to the uh, original um, uh, guy who was running the show on the on RE three uh, when it was a, when it was being built in 1998 to 99, uh, he hadn't actually played Resident Evil. He had to go back and play RE one and two to familiarize himself with it. So he the fact that it feels cohesive with those two is down to his attention to detail mm-hmm. and, and and the team really staying on point. Because it yeah. never it, the three, even though this one has a different pace to it, did not feel like they were from different worlds. Yeah. Which is good. I'm I'm with James in that the start is the most interesting part. But I think for me it's because it's visually it's the most interesting. And it's also the one that you are more, it's, it's kind of more like the PlayStation is in the second game. Hmm. It's a singular hmm. area where you are moving between different sections in order to get hmm. resources or progression items. Once you kind of hit the sewer section, apart from the hospital, which is, isn't really that big, you're very much doing a straight line really mm. the environments get a lot smaller they get a lot more condensed they're not they don't quite have the same form of exploration factor as i think the initial part of the city did mm. uh, it doesn't quite have that ability for you to just oh what's in this shop what's in here is there something i need to get in here where do i need to get to next what how am i plotting out my path mm. so that i try and avoid the most amount of zombies and enemies that I can. Whereas the more that the game kind of progressed, the more it felt like I was I was being more funneled down a corridor of this is your straight line, this is where you're going to go. Also, it's a sewer. It's repellent. By its very nature, you're like, <laughs> I want to get out of here. This is horrible. And honestly, I've replayed RE2 enough times over the past year that whenever I get to the sewer section, I go, Ugh, and I shudder. And I think how long I'm going to have to slog through this river of shit. And I think, oh, just suck it up. Well, and we'll, we'll get to the end of, of, of this bit and we'll get to the cleaner section uh, and we'll, we'll get away on the uh, cable car. But it, that, that bit obviously started to grate for me and, and makes me go, oh, I want to play, replay Resident Evil 2. Uh, but there's a sewer section. So obviously when it turned up in uh, Nemesis, I went, oh, splendid. <laughs> at, le- at least this sewer section was, was considerably shorter than yeah. RE2, yeah. though. Although those uh, hunter things with the giant mouths, fucking hunter cheaters. Yeah. Yeah. Can't stand them. Oh, oh, single hit kills. Yeah. Really and it's, and it's, a, it's a brutal kill as well. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Brutal. I think I may have died to, with out. them more than anything else. Uh, throughout the uh, game, they're like they're supposed to be like an evolution of the of the hunter, but they're actually so far removed that they just annoy me. And I think that's kind of what I felt with the nemesis. Uh, to go back to our uh, original discussion, um, I, because I foolishly did this unassisted, he didn't scare me, but he did annoy me. That's that's definitely not the intention of the game. I don't know. Can you can you switch the difficulty while you're playing? 
Uh, no, I don't oh, believe you go. can. Well, oh, actually, actually, I think you you can go from normal to assisted, right? Because I think if you die several times yes. on normal, it'll, it'll it says, give you the option. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. That's fair. But yeah. then again, even if I did go back from assisted to normal, if I had if you had that much ammo, it's not going to make that much difference but some of the uh new creatures uh were more annoying than uh scary those egg things the the ones that try and lay eggs in you oh yeah those yeah. were fucking disgusting and oh, honestly the bit when it grabbed jill and, st- and st- like shoved its egg tube down her throat and you're like oh, oh, oh. that was the closest that the game series come towards fucking hentai i mean i uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but there is a certain recurring trope in certain hentai, uh, which is unsavory and unseemly. And after all that we said back in Resident Evil 2 about uh, the way that the camera was positioned with Leon and Claire absolutely equally, rather than lingering on her ass, the opening section with a lot of sort of action set pieces did seem to get the camera hovering around jill's shapely butt a couple of times it's a great butt but that combined with this weird hentai creature that frank thankfully we could get rid of soon uh it it did make me feel like they'd slightly slipped on the objectification side although to be uh, to be fair at least they gave her a different costume for the remake as opposed to uh, a sticking directly with her, her yeah. previous yeah. obviously RPD sanctioned crop top and skirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, they've they've gone for the um the more sensible outfits of uh, R- the RE2 remake and for that I was definitely grateful again it had that Cameron vibe to it uh, which uh, was great but it, it that particular beastie was so disgusting and I think I said this before that uh, regarding uh, RE2 that the sewer section was so foul that it didn't horrify me at all. It just made me want to puke. So um, like uh, whenever uh, RE goes into sort of that area, and again that was actually that was what I said about RE7 as well. You know that you're with, with the hillbilly family and the, like, crawling around in filth and effluent. And I, I kind of prefer dark and shadowy and, uh, you know, dusty rooms and strange artifacts and not the walls dribbling with pus. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a question of whether the game... Does the game want to gross you out mm. or does it want to scare you? Yeah. The, I think that's, it, Resident Evil's kind of fallen on... To be honest, it's fallen on grossing you out, wanting to scare you, and also kind of wanted to be an action film at the same mm. and different thing different entries kind of serve different purposes for each of yeah. those tension action gross sometimes all three in quick yeah. succession the um those things that we were mentioning that that in in fest you uh they are they're called the the drain demos okay. they're, they're they're actually from the original if you remember in the original when you're you're going through kind of some of the back alleys those mm. those uh weird spider things that stand on their hind legs and chase you and climb mm. up the walls it's basically a reimagining of them right um, i i reminded that reminded me of those um chimeras from the power plant part of resident evil one 
yeah yeah in, in a way as well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and just on a side note when you mentioned the costumes um one of the great things about uh the rot remake was was the variety of costumes i wish mm-hmm. there was more in, in in this for sure mm. um but i i love how you know in with jill you've got her standard remake outfit uh you've got the original uh reimagining of the outfit if you've pre-ordered the game mm-hmm. and then you can unlock the uh stars uniform stars. from r1 mm. uh, and i love the i love the fact that on the flip side with carlos mm-hmm. his costume change is his hair <laughs> and that's that's it you've just got new hair new fluffy remake hair or his drab standard original hair that reminded me of my hair when when i was young i tried to grow my hair long and it was too fluffy now it's threadbare i felt envious of his fluffy hair uh okay so unlike re2 i kept getting little moments where it felt like re4 as in like re2 never really felt like this but the bit when nemesis started infecting other zombies with a sort of the the head crab things yeah that reminded me of los ganados and uh the, the the whole feeling of like herding them and being very careful about where I shot, it felt like a practice run at using this engine for RE4 mechanics. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, now that we've had RE4 remake confirmed that it's been in development for quite some time. So yeah, that was probably, that was probably it, you know, probably from an early standpoint, probably uh, quite a way down the resident evil 3 development cycle they thought hey let's add in this mechanic see how it works Mm. in this in the later stages of development they go hey it does work that's cool we'll implement that in re4 Mm. Another bit of RE4 which suddenly turned up every now and then were quick time events and sometimes they were hidden and they didn't actually tell you what button to press and so they were sometimes hidden so well you might not have even known they were actually quick time events. There was that bit when the giant head started rolling <laughs> towards me and I was like, oh, okay, so what's going to happen is Jill is going, we're going to enter a, a cutscene where Jill jumps out of the way of that thing. Any second now. Any se- so, oh, I've been crushed by it. <laughs> so basically you're telling me that she was going to become a Jill sandwich. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, the thing is, like, when you start seeing, like, it's throughout the rest of the game, every time something big happens, it cuts to a cutscene, and then you're, like, you're directed very clearly to, oh no, I have to run down this corridor now. This was the one time when I was like, I, do I have to turn around and run? Because it, it and obviously, yes, I did. But I'm assuming that 100% of everyone listening knew exactly what was happening and knew to turn around immediately and run away from it. But I didn't. And so it made the second time that I had to push my way through it. Like, oh, no, a big head's rolling towards me. Better turn around and run away from it. Which, again, lowers the tension and makes it more of a sort of a, a hoop you've got to jump through. It, it does. It's that's, I think that uh, your example there is one of the... Uh, one of the curses mm. of having such amazing graphical qualities yeah. in modern games you can't tell before. when you've entered into something different or not exactly yeah you, you know in, a, in the original you get those you know pre-rendered cutscenes, um and then there would be a shift in in the in the graphical quality but now mm. it's kind of like oh I'm, I'm back in control of the uh, <laughs> you know unless there's something that flashes up on the uh 
on your HUD, there's uh, there's nothing to uh, to really state that you're back in control. Um, but mentioning the head rolling down the, uh, the stairs, uh, you know, it's 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 fairly slow on those difficulties. Uh, going back to the higher difficulties. Oh, on nightmare, is it really fast? You ne- you need to hit that quick turn and bolt as quick as possible. If you, if you let go of the controller for a split second, you're crushed. Okay, I've got a big question here, and I'm not sure it def- necessarily has an answer, but it is something that like, kind of worries me. By the time I got to the Alien Queen-style ending, I felt like I was <laughs> playing a completely different game to the one I started with, or at least a completely different game to the Resident Evil uh, remake and remaster, and uh, re- even Resident Evil 2. It We are now a far cry from, you are almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> Can you feel the series heading back in the direction of the action games that they became all over again? Because if you remember at the end of Resident Evil 4, like it starts out with this same kind of caution, tension, you know, you've got to use bottlenecks and tactics and, and try to keep these monsters at bay and, and, and very much like um, you're creeping around this village trying to find supplies all the time. And by the end, you're like being attacked by Ganados with machine guns and you're shooting them in Gears of War light action sequences. You know, are, are we kind of not so much losing Resident Evil, but is it kind of repeating that pattern? Because I thought when you, were, when you initially started to talk, I thought you were going to mention the siege in the hospital. Yeah. Which yeah. I, to be honest with you, I did not enjoy, just to give a bit of context, there is a point where effectively the front of the hospital waiting room is mm. infested by tons of zombies and all sorts of other creatures, yeah. which you have to defeat to protect Joe while she recovers mm. um, as Carlos. I actually did not enjoy that section primarily because the camera is not designed for you to know what is coming up around you. Yeah. And yeah. you end up being... Biting, you basically become a biting pinball. Yeah, you know that what I said before about like, oh, I've been bitten, oh, I've been bitten again, and you can't use your knife for anything, and yeah. there's not like you've just got to keep running away from them and, and creating space. But the door won't open till a certain time, and I died. Uh, apart from yeah, I think honestly, more times on this noticeably than any other part of the game. It was the uh, the hunter gatherers that were the yeah. one creature that killed me the most but this section drove me fucking nuts i had to and turn I, off the music and, and and play some some calming music just so that i could focus i i don't necessarily what i suspect is i don't think it's necessarily a change for the series i think there was a certain tipping point and i do think i think it's probably when they made the nemesis not someone that's going to show up and mm. stalk you Instead of he's, he's now going to be a boss that you have to beat. Mm. I felt at that point that's when the game went, you know what, you are Ripley, you are Rambo, it doesn't matter, we're going to give you all the ammo you think you'll probably need, have at them. <laughs> and that that's when I felt the tone change. The initial part of the game is still a bit more, you're a bit unsure, there's people in the streets, you go watch out for yourself because... You may be attacked, and it's a little bit scary because you don't know what's around the corner. Mm. And then there's just kind of this kind of post-sewer switch mm. where it's like, no, you know what, you're Rambo. You go for it, just. 
Are we talking Rambo yeah, yeah, so in Rambo's movie. two, three, and four, and five, or are we talking uh, Rambo in Rambo one? I, I mean, Rambo and Rambo, like the, um, what we would imagine Rambo to be, as yes. parodied in yeah. Hot Shots Part Two. Cobra, Joe, where Cobra just, is maybe a better way of putting it. You turn yeah. into Cobra. Yeah, I I think that there's definitely the, that massive switch in tone, hmm. and I think in in the case of this particular reimagining of the game and the current climate of gaming as a whole, mm. I think that, yeah, it's a bit displeasing to, to, to fans, but it, it definitely does appeal to still a, a wide, wider audience mm. in terms of going forward in terms of the development of the franchise, you know, with, with, with eight on the horizon and the remake of four, I think that, the the future the new future of the numbered resident evil games i think is safe I, and that was definitely shown in seven mm-hmm. so I, I i think that seven was that 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 reset button that we definitely needed and these remakes are just a nice sort of um reimagining reintroduction to to uh to a, a new generation of players um so whether whether they you know the the remake of four still has some of the ridiculous things that we've that we've mentioned mm. um i i don't think that's that's cause for concern for the future of the franchise i think that like i said seven very much got it back to its survival horror roots mm. and i think that eight is going to be in is going to be absolutely fine and um you know will you know potentially add new elements that could be very exciting it could it could very well go back to being purely action-based but but at least we got that that (laughs) glimmer with 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 seven that they they know how still how to make a good survival horror game that's that's new i wonder if this is an inevitable chain where you all like it starts off with a horror game where it's like very low ammo very limited options this is incredibly tense where are you gonna go and then by the end you are cobra just like double fisting machine guns Uh, that's effectively she gets to the end and picks up a weapon that quite frankly is the most ridiculously mm. oversized. Yeah, that's the bayonetta <laughs> weapon. I mean, yeah. it's, if if that had been a male protagonist that had picked it up, the first thing I would have said is he's compensating for something. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, by that token, that means that even if we are slipping inexorably toward, like the same way that Dead Space got more actiony with, with two and then three, that. Um, even if we are slipping into Resident Evil, you know, that great big action game. Here's a remake of Resident Evil 6, the one you all love. But even if that does happen, it might suggest that the cycle will then begin anew with a re-re-remake of Resident (laughs) Evil 1 going right the way back to limited ammo, uh, limited space, but just with better graphical fidelity each time. I mean, I suppose that's a weird, natural way of doing it rather than trying mm-hmm. to keep it stagnant and just keep it to the same thing every time. Well, I mean, do you, would you like to see Jill in 8K? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Nemesis in 8K, like, oh, look at, look at all those teeth. Look at that crooked nose. Look at Nemesis in his posing pouch <laughs> in 8K. <laughs> Beach body Nemesis in 8K. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's actually kind of a, a weirdly comforting thought that, yeah, it's probably going to slip more towards action populism, but then eventually they'll kind of, it'll end, end up sort of flying off the handle and they, and they will 
have to... The reason that we went back to um, scare-type games is because there was a glut of uh, indie uh, horror games that proved mm. extremely popular on YouTube uh, for screamers and, and, and people like... Um, you know, certain massive racists that I won't mention uh, who uh, <laughs> forged their careers overreacting to horror games. And uh, that cycle will continue back around again and there'll be a, a Five Nights at Freddy's in 8K. But I mean, potentially. It, it, it feels like, you know, the games move in waves. And uh, as graphical fidelity improves, there'll also be the the, the need to dial back on the like because you can only bring action to a certain level until it is preposterous and eventually you have to bring it back down to something that would actually induce tension uh, absolutely and to be honest i think even if you look over the last four or five years hmm. the propensity for the games industry to both innovate and then effectively eat itself all at the same time <laughs> is nothing short of staggering in terms of what were, the, what were the big releases at the start of 2020? Yeah, a remake of Resident Evil 3, 20 years old, a remake of Final Fantasy 7 Part One, which is again roughly about that. So, so it, that cycle already kind of exists in a way. Yeah, it definitely, especially the fact that they both Resi 3 remake and Final Fantasy 7 remake were released within a week of each other. I did find myself when both dropped through the post box going. What year is this? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a kid again. And I don't know if it's just the fact that, you know, with the current climate of the world, am I losing my mind? But it's also the fact that, you know, games that define my childhood uh, are having remakes. And the fact that I'm able, because I'm not working at the moment, I'm able, in, in some capacities I'm not working, uh, but I'm able to spend hours upon hours upon hours during the day playing these games. It genuinely yeah. does feel I'm back in the late 90s. That's, that's um, when you've got all that time available, that's exactly. being a teenager. Exactly. <laughs> But I, I think we, you know, mentioned about the the, the cycle of remakes for, for video games. That's definitely the case with movies as well. I mean, look, mm. we're getting a reboot of the Resident Evil movies and the TV show for Resident Evil, and we've only just got we've only just come out the back end, uh, for want of a better word, of uh, of of the Paul W S Anderson. Resident That's the most literal reading you could make <laughs> of that phrase in the world. Absolutely. But hey. I'm I'm excited for for this reboot of the of the Resi movies and the TV mm. show um because you know much like these games a nice parallel is they're going back to the roots these movies and TV shows are going to capture the essence of the original survival horror aspects that made the game series the behemoth that it is today I would hope and uh, from the sounds of this uh, gentleman on our Discord playing RE1 for the first time, those strengths do definitely hold up. And it's not just nostalgia powering this thing forward. It's a, that, that is a rock-solid game. Yeah. Um, uh, one question, because when we covered RE2 before, uh, the DLC hadn't launched. The, um, the Was it called uh, Ghosts of Raccoon City? or uh, Ghost Survivors. Ghost yeah. Survivors, yeah. yeah. Um, so did you play through those or, or what? I did, yes. Uh, I don't know if Derek did. What's it I, like? So I, I, I'll, I'll let you lead with it because I, I, I played one and mm. then, to be honest, I stopped because I thought I'm bored. No. Right, we'll, we'll come to that. 
these these um the ghost survivors dlc uh it isn't essential playing it's just nice uh free additional dlc uh they're, they're kind of like what if um scenarios so what if uh catherine warren the mayor's daughter mm. wasn't killed um what if robert kendo did escape raccoon city mm. um and and then there's one to do with one of uh, one of uh, hunk's teammates um so Shunk. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know you know that, that, that they are they are what if scenarios so they're, they're not canon mm. uh, much like resident evil resistance the the awesome 4v1 multiplayer mm-hmm. that came with with resident evil 3 uh the stuff in there isn't canon it's just nice additional stuff to play through and it's it's free you know it, the, the dlc came out for free resistance is packaged with uh with resi 3 so it's just extra content if you want to play it you can does resistance have loot boxes i've not checked uh you don't buy them with real money you buy them with credits you get in game by playing the game okay and then they're they're, they're literally just cosmetics and some equipment that you can you know to build different builds for characters so you know it's 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 not your traditional loot box nonsense that we've seen uh in in countless other Mm. games um, am I right in thinking, James, that effectively the the DLC for the previous game last year mm-hmm. it can effectively boil down to gauntlet runs? Yeah, you, uh, you, yeah. They you are start, very... You've got time. You've got resources. Limited you can pick ammo. Up more resources. And yeah. The same enemies are there at each time. So, like, you go th- you go down into the uh, down the ladder in the parking lot, and the fucking uh, liquor appears behind you and you got to make sure you turn around and shoot yeah. it quickly but it appears every single time so it's about memorizing yeah so they're, they're very much in the same ilk as the the fourth survivor or tofu mm. optimizing uh, your roots and uh, uh maximizing yeah, ammo. they're like they're like time attacks like like time yeah. challenges so yeah. if you if you if you feel like you, you have developed skills by playing the main game and want to pose yourself a, an extra little challenge then it's there to do, but yeah. it's it's not it's not quintessential stuff that no, if no, you exactly. don't play it or don't complete it, you're going to feel like you've lost some of that 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 um, that charm of the or or, or or lore. Absolutely, I think that's that's what kind of did it in for me a little <laughs> bit. Is purely that I I played it once and I went, it's just something that I could keep repeating over and over again, yeah. and. Mm. If, if I had the desire to get better at it, I probably would have done. But as soon as I played it once, I went, it's just it's just not the Resident Evil experience yeah. I want from a Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. And that's fair which, but that's fine because it is, as you say, it's purely optional. And if you enjoy it, have at it because I'm sure it's great fun. And it's lovely getting getting DLC for free, like full packs of things to do. That's uh, yeah, I think that's something that Capcom have done really well. And, mm. and you know, we we mentioned Resistance, mm-hmm. uh, the free uh, asymmetric game that comes with Resi Three. Okay, um, they they are um, I, depending on when this episode comes out. Uh, by by then, um, Jill Valentine will be a playable survivor in the game because that's coming out just after we've recorded this. Um, and and they they already have a a, a content map out for for the next few months and as far as i know it's all free or maybe it's like 199 for like a character pack mm. or something but it, it it's it's not 
I, I don't think it's going to be anything that if you don't get them, you're going to be penalized for not buying it. And I think that's that's a good model to have. You know, there's a, there's a lot of these uh, multiplayer based games uh, like World War Z. I, I really enjoy playing World War Z that has a load of free DLC and they're, they're releasing increments of over a month and they have like a, a map of where they're going to go. And, you know, I think Resistance is a, is a nice replacement for Mercenaries that was in the original and they, they could very well be in the process of developing like a downloadable free downloadable version of mercenaries uh, as we speak you know we we, we don't know could happen possible yeah and uh, they also might be testing the water for sort of like future get again horde mode bit of uh in the hospital section by the way, I don't think I mentioned how when that first hunter turns up, I shat my pants. It's oh, so much scarier than even the ones in the uh, original RE1. And I was relatively low on health, and that thing just ran forward and took my head off in half a second. So, yeah, I, that, that was a that was a genuinely well-earned scare. But... um I'm wondering whether like a couple of bits in this were sort of like test beds for you know how they might be carrying off Resident Evil Four or Resident Evil Eight, and potentially some kind of online thing that actually is more ongoing. I've I've heard mixed things about Resistance, but it one thing that blows my mind: people are still playing Grand Theft Auto Five. It is a lucrative business. That game came out in 2013. Yeah, that's insane. I still can't believe it's been that long since GTA V came out. It's mental. I remember going to the midnight launch for that. Still Uh, waiting on Grand Theft Auto Vice City uh, (laughs) with that engine. Yeah, exactly. That would be incredible. That ain't happening. Uh, In fact, on that note, here's something that I thought of the other day that's just a little bit... Disturbing's not the word. Unsettling? It's definitely a negative word. PlayStation 1 saw Grand Theft Auto 1, Grand Theft Auto 2, Grand Theft Auto London, the DLC, which on those days was on a disc, kids. PlayStation 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas. PlayStation 3, GTA 4, and then near the end of its life, GTA 5. PlayStation 4, early on, a port of Grand Theft Auto 5, Eight years of Grand Theft Auto Online, but no dedicated GTA game for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One generation. Now we're on PS5. Now while obviously Red Dead Redemption 2 was a massive seller for them, this being able to reuse and just expand upon an existing world from a previous generation as essentially a giant online arena and have a very lucrative time of it, de-incentivizes them from making new titles. Basically, if you don't want to live in The Purge, your last Grand Theft Auto experience was during the Obama administration. But you mentioned Resistance. Again, a lot of people are using Resistance as a negative towards re3 as a whole right it's a completely optional mode mm. you're not penalized like i mentioned it's not canon you're not penalized for not playing it mm. and it's it's the, the whole asymmetric 4v1 gameplay model is 
is still quite niche. You know, you've got big titles mm. like Dead by Daylight and Friday the Thirteenth, and, yeah. and 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 other games like that 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 are, that are very popular, but within these niche circles. And it's not going to be for everyone. I personally really enjoy asymmetric games, um, especially playing as 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 part of the the team of four and trying to outwit the uh, the mastermind or the killer. Um, but it's it's just my person my my personal preference. I th- I've pretty much already s- s- sunk. Like as soon as I got the platinum on, on Resi Three, I moved straight over to Resistance, and I've been playing that for at least like three hours a night, mm. pretty much doing daily challenges to get credits and leveling up my characters to unlock new equipment and build new builds. And it, it's 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 a it's a cool uh, game that could that could last for several years, just like the likes of Dead by Daylight has. If they constantly update it and balance it and unleash new content then you know maybe this is the thing that's testing the waters for something like a resident evil outbreak remake you know you never know or or a, or a completely definitive online resident evil experience mm. we, and, you know that they've created a fun game whilst you know testing the waters which is uh, in terms of from a business standpoint is 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 very very clever it's, it's, it's a nice little bonus and if they had just released the original game, I can imagine there should be too many complaints just because it's a decent length, it's a good amount of content in it, it's got replayability as it is. So I can't imagine why anybody should knock what is a whole extra thing, which is free, mm. you aren't even charging for it. That's mm. a bad thing. I've not touched it, but that's simply because I, online multiplayer is very... It has to grab me, and it just doesn't quite appeal to me. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just not my thing. Railing against its inclusion reminds me of... Do you remember Bioshock 2 had a uh, multiplayer mode, and people were like, oh, mm-hmm. God, what's the point yeah. of wasting time, money, and stuff on a multiplayer mode when you can make the solo game bigger? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I think there's a, there's a weird idea or concept that if you take the multiplayer mode out, obviously the single-player mode would be better, mm. but development doesn't work that way it's not a situation that if you throw you don't throw more monkeys at a tree and expect it to suddenly make a huge amount of difference all that happens is that people just get more confused so i it's a weird analogy a lot that people have that i I don't understand really all comes down to the the general final quality of the single player game because the practice of forcing multiplayer modes into games that really don't necessarily need it is also not particularly fantastic but if you remember uh, bioshock 2 remains my favorite of the bioshocks and the least highly rated yeah with by the way the best dlc with uh um minerva's den minerva's den yeah did I say Burial at Sea was good before? I think I might have done... I mean, I think I may have said that, and I meant Minerva's Den, good DLC. I fucking hated Burial at Sea, and we will never do a show on it. Same as, by the way, people may be asking, because I mentioned it earlier, will you do a show on The Last of Us? No, there was too much stabbing people in the neck with a screwdriver for me to really like the philosophical bent of the game. Um, going back to, just quickly, the, the development of, of, the, of the multiplayer and the single player, I know that the, it was a completely different team working on the multiplayer, and it was originally going to be released as a standalone game probably for something like maybe 20 bucks on mm-hmm. psn or something um so you know g- going back to the whole it's additional content for free if 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 you want to play it is is nice because it, it's if people just want to play resi 3 they can just play resi 3 
if people want to play Resident Evil Resistance, they're probably going to be Resident Evil fans that are going to play Resident Evil Three anyway. Yeah. So it's not it's not as though they're they're locking you know they're they're not locking Resident Evil Three behind the multiplayer paywall. They're doing it the opposite way around, which yeah. works, I think, in benefit for everybody involved. It's a, it's a smart decision because absolutely, absolutely, I I can't. They will reach people that would absolutely never have bought it by doing this. Exactly, yeah. And hopefully it will increase whatever revenue stream they're going to get out of it that way. Because mm-hmm. yeah, there will definitely be a bunch of people that would have bought the game and would have looked at that online and gone, nah, not buying it. I mean, that they could very well release Resistance as its own title, maybe in, say, six months for, like, yeah. 15, 15 pounds or something like that. You know, you never know. Okay, I think that's pretty much it on this one. Oh, okay, so uh, briefly, what hopes do you have for RE4? Anything you'd like to be different? Or anything that you're like, I, they must have this back. They must have the salesman back. Welcome. <laughs> what are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> I, Thank you. I've <laughs> got some rare things for you, stranger. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, uh, and a, a counter question. Who voices him? Like, if you could pick any famous voice actor. Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, in retrospect, I think I'd go with Barry Humphreys, if he's still around. Got a couple of things tucked in me crevices for you, stranger. He was born for that. Sorry, I interrupted you, Derek. Carry on. No, that's fine. The answer to the voice is Kratos, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be the best seller. Um, No... I'm probably going to go against the green. I don't want them to remake Resident Evil 4. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying there's think, reasons. Well, so one, I think they've had a good run. And I think the, the best part, sometimes the most sensible option is to not go for the most obvious action. Especially with a game that has already been up as it is. And is available on on the consoles, and the other part of it is, I just want them to do Code Veronica in this yeah. style, and make the necessary changes to the difficulty curve that ruined that game for a lot of people. Mm. Whereas Resident Evil Four, I can't imagine they're going to do much apart from effectively just give it a much shinier skin, because I can't imagine. And why would you change any of that game? But, but yeah. at least Code Veronica has things I think you can do to it to bring it up to this sort of standard. I also would prefer Code Veronica to get released because that's the one that that cost a lot and that not enough people played, and uh, you know is harder to play now than RE4 is. However, RE4 sold like four times the amount mm. and will get the recognition that means it will sell like gangbusters. Especially considering it's going to be like a PS5 and and Xbox Series X uh, launch title or near enough launch title yeah. probably. Like for first first six months of the console's lifespan, it will be available. So then I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many consoles Resident Evil 4 will be available on, but it will probably be double figures <laughs> for, the, for, the, yeah. for the platforms so, you can play that game on. 
So out of interest, just as a purely theoretical question, would three Resident Evil remakes in three years possibly incur a degree of fatigue? Oh, almost certainly. I was already a little bit yeah. tired when I got to the end of Nemesis. I was like, this is really quick. Uh, they could they can afford to wait two or even three years for four to come out. Absolutely. And I think something, just on a side note, I mentioned it last year in the, in the Resi 2 show, um, that uh, the wonderful, uh, talented people at Steamforge Games made the Resident Evil 2 board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually making the Resident Evil 3 board game. So uh, that particular board game will definitely tide me over until a new uh, Resident <laughs> Evil uh, video game comes out. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I w- again, I would, fo- I-, I would prefer them to do uh, um, Code Veronica because That's- actually it felt like one that I always tell people to play and the further we get from it, the harder it is for people to go back in and, and have a go. Also, it's got that horrible bit in the middle where if you don't have the right ammunition and the right <laughs> guns, you're effectively stuck. You're stuck on a plane with a boss and you can't beat him. Both me and Neil got tripped up on that and had to restart the whole goddamn game. Foolish. Foolish game design in that one scenario. But, yeah, that means that even fewer people actually saw the end of Code Veronica. There was a whole final section with Chris there and, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's it would be worth them going back to. Maybe after four, because I am not the least bit interested in them doing five again. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. And we won't talk about uh, the uh, giraffe dick Resident Evil 6. Um... <laughs> I know what you mean with that giraffe dick thing. Because <laughs> that is... Just look awful. at the logo, folks. Oh, God. I, I even, even playing through 6 mm. in co-op is... is god awful um five is is passable in co-op in in its in its current state and when it came out it was it was fine it was yeah whatever but six is just a horrible experience six six is six is what is basically if three is steven seagal in under siege six is steven seagal when he's an oap it's just awfully cheesy (laughs) and utterly terrible and I guess Resident Evil 5 is Steven Seagal's political views. You, you, we mentioned uh, the, the ending of Code Veronica and how much we would love for Code Veronica to be the next remake. Mm. Um, I, on, as, a, as a side project, I'm also a, a screenwriter as well. I'm, I'm in the process of writing a Resident Evil fan film nice. that takes place between uh, Resi 2 and Code Veronica and centres around Claire coming to England to try and find Chris, mm-hmm. which I think will be quite fun. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll keep everyone posted on but, that. But, I mean, but Veronica that... needs a, a remake. Just just playing through two and then three, I went back to Veronica to, mm-hmm. to have a go, and it's just like the, the camera, it, it doesn't have the precision uh, of the, the fixed cameras of one and two and three, uh, the original games, because it's, it's running along with you. And... Another game which also I found really difficult to control and just even navigate was Resident Evil Zero. I've not I've not got more than halfway through that game. And it's <laughs> sitting there on my hard drive waiting to be continued. And every time I pick it up, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. I've left items strewn all over the main hall in this second area <laughs> because they don't have fucking item crates. It's, uh, I just, like, th- there are times when I start playing Resident Evil Zero and I'm like, 
why do you have to make everything so fucking complicated? I'm like Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible 6. I'm like, just have... With a a magic moustache? I can trace, yes, that's the one. Does Does that mean that Resident Evil 1 is a sacred cow that you cannot do this to? I mean, I'd love to see Resident Evil 1 done again. And just the the Spencer Mansion and the layout of it, I love and adore. And because of all the things they did with Lisa Trevor in the the remaster and just all of the feet they put right, I have faith in them to be able to replicate it. But remaking RE1 again feels less important than doing Code Veronica the justice she has so long yearned for. Especially because it is it is proper canon. That game is if if you do follow the convoluted shenanigans of the Resident Evil timeline, mm-hmm. that game has some pretty important parts in it. Mm. Yeah, it, it it's it, Veronica is is the one that needs the remake the the most mm. um, because it, you know even though it is available on current gen consoles, it's that that disconnect from from um modern gameplay to classic gameplay that um you know you know resident evil 4 and the re1 remake they've got that ability to connect with new players because the control scheme is is you know acceptable to wrap your head around whereas Mm. veronica needs that remake treatments so that people can experience the story without getting Mm. like we said very very frustrated Especially if you go from the agility of Jill in the Nemesis remake to going back to Claire and Veronica, like going, getting stuck in a room with zombies blundering towards me and going, right, I'm just going to run around the side. You have literally made it that I can't run left and I can't run right and I can't dodge. Who fucking designed this thing? And so, so yeah, there's, there's problems with, uh, with that original game, which will try the patience of most new players. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, they could they could make RE4 just on this engine. They don't need to create a whole brand new one. Like I said, I was getting that vibe from certain uh, um, scenarios in this game. But by that same token, they can also do Code Veronica. And I, I, honestly, I, I'm fine with them doing four first so that it sells like gangbusters and then just using what they've done there to, on the side, parallel develop Code Veronica as well. I don't know. But... yeah. But it's less likely because it's less well known. So, yeah, yeah we're almost more likely to go back to RE1 as we hit the beginning of that cycle anew, you know? Although there is there's possibly a kind of parallel in that one came along and was the mini revolution, mm-hmm. two came along and was <clears throat> the perfection at the time of what that revolution was, mm-hmm. and then three kind of came along at the end and everyone went oh oh well okay i mean <laughs> three went right. kaboom and you're like oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, like, well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> three not, came charting through the wall like oh yeah yeah it's there's no it's not it's not the big jump that four is it's a nice little tide me over until the next thing i guess and oddly enough in my head this remake kind of feels the same way it's one the one remake was really good. The the RE two make was like this is this is what I saw in my head when this game originally came out. Mm. But I think maybe it's because this one's come out so quickly after, maybe it's because it's a slightly different tone, or maybe it's just because it's it's of the game that everyone kinda went, eh, the first time. 
this feels like it's got the kind of same reception as of, oh, okay, I mean, it's it's the same sort of thing, but where's where's the change? Where's the big thing coming up? The um, Just going back to the uh, Nemesis, when Jill gets on the train, I was like, uh, should I have gotten to the Raccoon City Police Department? Like, I, I really feel like I was supposed to go into the police station. Like, I, I, have they just not done that? So then when she, like, the, the train section happens and then it cuts to Carlos going into the uh, RPD uh, station, I was like, oh, thank goodness it's there. But it didn't have that same feeling of... Uh, you know that bit in uh, when you play the original game and you just go into the um, uh, save room and then you come out and Nemesis busts through the wall in the yeah. downstairs save room in the yeah. uh, 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 police department. That just shat me up back in the yeah. in the uh, in the day because it felt like um, he was, you know, that there was nowhere to hide at all. But I'd also slightly demystified this stalking presence, and I've done this to myself, and I have no one to blame but myself. You know that key you can buy as uh, DLC for RE2, which basically unlocks yes. everything. Yeah. It unlocks uh, Hunk and Tofu, and I had some fun playing Tofu, uh, and just like running around the place trying to avoid zombies, getting chomped on. I got pretty far with that thing. But you also unlock infinite weapons. So you've got an infinite assault rifle, or uh, SMG, and uh, an infinite uh, samurai edge, and an infinite minigun and an infinite rocket launcher. So when Mr. X first turned up, I was like, oh my God, he's got it. And I was just like, eventually just take her knee and just like <laughs> minigunning him down every time and just like treating him like I've got to get this thing dealt with. And he, he lost that power. And I realized, oh shit, I'm going to have to uninstall this next time I play because the weapons are just in the box automatically. And you can almost break the game by romping all over these figureheads of fear so much. Yeah. And uh, I think that you know, that is uh, a macro of me selecting uh, assisted for the beginning of this. And if for some reason folks are list- have listened all the way through this and haven't actually played Nemesis yet, definitely normal at the bare minimum. And, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and, and sort of work your way up if you want to you know, do repeat games and push your way through the hard uh, difficulties, you'll already know that. And uh, what James said earlier will sound like it appeals to you. I do, however, still stand by Assisted for Resident Evil 2. To me, it's a better game. Same as playing Streets of Rage 4 on easy. So many people have told me, God damn Chinatown, I cannot get through it, I'm stuck. They get annoyed and angry with the game, they resent it. Playing on easy unlocks Streets of Rage 4. And if you take away friendly fire, you and some mates can just plow through that game over and over, just going through the levels, unlocking character after character. Just that thing blossoms when you make it fun. You can gang up on the boss and just sort of pound him on either side without actually hitting each other accidentally. And with Resident Evil 2 on assisted, I was scared, but not frustrated. I think it is a a, a damn solid game. Uh, It probably comes maybe third or fourth I think maybe just after Resident Evil 4 because there's enough 
quirky shit in Resident Evil 4, like that little shrieking guy <laughs> that just, you know, it's, it's batshit crazy and there's a creepy atmosphere. One thing I do hope they change about RE4 when they eventually do, cut, you know, remake it, because even if, no matter how many times we say we don't want it on Twitter, it's going to happen because money. But it's a very brown game. It came out at a very brown time when the PlayStation 2 was just doing black brown games and the GameCube was doing brown. And to make it a bit more kind of, you know, that there's nature there and there's some decay, but it's kind of a colorful decay. Yeah. And uh, and to feel a bit less gross and gray and oppressive in that same, de- you know, depressing way and more kind of you know, murky, mysterious place you kind of want to explore. I would, I'd, I'd rather they did that. Yeah. Uh, with I th- the aesthetic. I think that, you know, the, the RE engine, um, I mean, what this was the th- third resident evil game, but like fourth or fifth game they've made in the engine. Cause devil may cry was made. Devil may cry five was in the RE engine. Um, they, they definitely shown off that the engine is really powerful when it comes to lighting. So I think that some of the darker segments in Resident Evil Four, where you've got the um, you've got the enemies with with torches or like surrounding little huts with torches on the outside, that those can really um, add that sense of tension and dread in in the darker segments of the game. Um, and yeah, I, I think the game is going to look amazing regardless because that engine is is one of the best looking engines out there right now, for sure. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely the the HDR on both RE2 and RE3 is very very well done. It, it can really on a on a on a proper set, it can really make a, a massive difference. School of Movies is kept going by our Patreon, and our top tier supporters get credit every episode. So thank you to Aaron Lecluse. Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Datchler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finn Barnicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. And next week's episode will be on the Richard Curtis time travel film, About Time. This one could move even the stoniest of hearts, and we thoroughly recommend you see it before you listen. And after that episode, Metal Gear Solid. Alright gentlemen, I think that about wraps up Raccoon City. Literally, it got destroyed. There was there, <laughs> there was a real sense of panic in the original 99 game where they're like, uh, you know, they, we're gonna, it's gonna get bombed, you gotta get out of there. But in this game, I think we got right to the end, and it was like, oh yeah, they're, uh, they're gonna drop bombs on the city. It's like, oh shit! Oh, it's okay, we've got a helicopter here. Okay, well that's fine then. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Raccoon City is gone, which pretty much re- uh, concludes the Raccoon City trilogy. Uh, and until Capcom does the remake operation nobody wants, we will almost certainly be back outside of Raccoon City for RE4. 
This episode was actually recorded ages ago. You probably picked up on that while we were talking. (laughs) Around about the time that uh, Nemesis came out last year. And currently I am playing through Resident Evil 8, The Village, and enjoying Giant Vampire Woman. Don't know if we'll do a show on that. Maybe. Until then, where can people find the work of yours that you are currently most proud of? I'll let you go ahead first, Eric. Um, I I don't really have a body of work out there, so I'm just going to say this podcast whenever I appear on it uh, with the graciousness of the host. Uh, and apart from that, you can probably find me on Twitter at the New Del Boy, which I occasionally will post something there. Uh, so yeah, I. I'm a co-host of the Game Burst podcast, which is a weekly video game podcast. And uh, my most uh, proud work comes in the form of my work for Starburst magazine, which is the world's longest running uh, magazine of cult entertainment. We cover sci-fi, animation, fantasy and horror. And I am a uh, film critic, lead writer, editorial assistant, and I'm in charge of all the stuff to do with anime over there as well. So I have a lot of job titles, uh, but I'm very, very proud of all the work I do uh, for Starburst. It's a a great um, form of getting all your news and reviews for the latest in video games and films. All right, then. That is all from us this week. I've been Alex Shaw, and school's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.